Welcome to LifePoint Church. Our mission is to glorify God and make gospel-driven disciples by engaging people in the unexpected joy of a life more and more dependent on Jesus. Matthew 6, 9 through 13. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. You know, growing up, I had the best neighbors. I had lots of great neighbors. Uh, I grew up in Longmont. My name is Wes, by the way. I'm part of the the preaching team here. Um, But boy, some of the neighbors that stand out to me that I remember were Nels and Hazel Jensen. And they have long ago gone to be with the Lord. But I remember when we moved in, second grade, to that house on Longs Peak Avenue, Nels and Hazel, they were in their 80s. And they lived right next door to us. And I got to know them pretty well. In fourth grade, I started a paper route delivering newspapers to the neighborhood. And part of, part of the, the, the responsibility of the paper boy at that time, this is back in the 1990s when kids did this kind of thing and you were allowed to, um, is I, I went around door to door to all 57 houses that I delivered to and collected $7.75 to cover the cost of the subscription that people had with the newspaper. And I always set aside about an hour to go collect from Nels and Hazel, even though they were just right next door, because no matter what time I walked in, Hazel would usher me in and she'd sit me down. And that woman, she made wonderful sandwiches. You know, the the toasted bread and and just just so much love. She'd make me a sandwich. It didn't matter what time of day it was, Hazel would make me a sandwich. And Nels and I, we shared sort of a passion. We like to collect things. And as a kid, I used to like to collect coins and bills and foreign money and stuff. I was fascinated by all of that. And Nels had had an extensive coin collection. and, And he also collected a number of other things, but he would share with me as a tip every month, he would give me something from his collection. And he would, he would tell me the story behind it. And this man had lived through some things. He lived through the Great Depression. He lived through some world wars. And one, one time he gave me this. Uh, if you can go to the next slide. These, these are World War II ration tickets. And he told me about what it was like to live in a time where scarcity meant that everyone was concerned that there might not be enough to go around. The only thing we really have to like compare that to now is there is a point in COVID where you like couldn't get Diet Coke or something, right? But this, I mean, you had to, I mean, this is serious. You had to have a coffee ticket with your money to buy coffee and sugar, and other essentials. These ration tickets, and, and, and I, I don't know the full extent. Some of you who maybe have, have seen this firsthand or, or, or have family that have seen this firsthand know what it was like to travel through a time when scarcity was the name of the game because of what was happening in the midst of World War II, and, 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 and you had to ration your things, and there was a real fear 
that there might not be enough to go around. Ration tickets. This was how you, you got the things that you needed. You couldn't get essentials without one of these tickets and the money to pay for it. Have you ever lived with that kind of fear? You're unsure where your next meal will come from or if there'd be enough? You know, as we explore this prayer, we come to a point in it today that Jesus addresses this, and some have called this the greatest of human fear, the the fear of, of not having enough. The fear that maybe there's not enough food or water or rent money or whatever it takes to sustain life, that there may not be enough. Have you ever lived with that fear? You know, this seems like a pretty straightforward verse, a pretty straightforward supplication. And I want to invite you, go ahead and open your Bible, if you haven't yet, to Matthew chapter 6 and be looking at this line with me. It's a pretty simple line. This is the first personal supplication within the Lord's Prayer. But prior to this, there's been some requests for, for things like the hallowing of the name of God and God's kingdom to, be co- to come and His will to be done. And then this is the first personal request. Our Father, remember Zach taught us a few weeks ago that every one of these supplications, these requests, we, we, we can frame with this, with, with this address our Father because He's invited us to be His children and, and to go to Him as a Father. Our Father, give us this day our daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. It's pretty straightforward, right? Give us what we need. Give us what we need to survive. It seems to be pretty straightforward. And when we see those, we dig into this, that there is such great depth to these words that Jesus instructs his disciples to pray. There is something here that is is so much more than just bread, and we're going to get into that. And so our study of this today is going to circle around two big questions. The first one is, what is our daily bread? What's the talking about exactly he's talking about ration tickets like make sure i have all the ration tickets i need lord what is our daily bread and then why does jesus teach us to pray for our daily bread you know he says this is the way you should pray and this is one of the things that makes the list of the stuff that we should be praying for. Why would Jesus teach us to pray for daily bread? So uh, those are the two questions we're going to look at today. And we're going to start with that first one. What is our daily bread? What exactly is Jesus talking about? And if you, if you unpack this verse and look at what it says here, our daily bread is, it, you know, on kind of the base level, it's a portion of food. This word that's used for bread, this Greek word, it, it literally, it, it means bread. <laughs> Or, or you could translate it as, as a loaf of bread or some kind of food or even porridge. It's a very common term in the New Testament that was often used in a sort of a colloquial sort of a way to, to talk about whatever is on your plate. I mean, so this is talking about food. Our daily bread is a portion of food or sustenance, something that we need. And, 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 and so that's, that's kind of at its base level. Our daily bread is, is a portion of that. And what Jesus is teaching us to pray here is, is, is not just for like food in general, but our daily bread is today's portion of food or sustenance. Our Father, give us this day 
our daily bread. That, that phrase, this day in English, it's translating one word in the Greek that literally means today. Lord, today, give it to us. This means that Jesus is saying, this is a prayer you should be praying every day. Lord, this isn't about tomorrow. <laughs> this isn't actually about yesterday. That already happened. Lord, today, today, give us our daily bread. Our Father, this day, today. So our daily bread is today's portion of food or sustenance. And that's interesting because Jesus knows that we will encounter many different days. And he's, he's instructing us, no matter what the day holds, to go to our Father and ask for what we need to be sustained in that day. What does your day hold? As we just prayed about, maybe your day holds an unplanned pregnancy. Ask our Father for daily bread. Maybe your day holds the loss of a job. Ask our Father for daily bread. No matter what the day it is, today we can go to our Father and ask for today's portion of food or sustenance. And, you know, the last thing we see here as we look at this is our daily bread is not just today's portion of food or sustenance for me. This is for all of us. The pronouns that Jesus uses, they continue, they continue to be plural. He's, this prayer is, is, for, is for and about all of us. It's not just me. It's not, Lord, give me my daily bread that I need for my day. This is a prayer, remember, that Jesus is telling all of God's people to be praying together. Give us today our daily bread. That means there's a sense of where if God answers this prayer, he may, he may give some of us a little more and some of us a little less, and there may be opportunities to share, and that's part of, we see that unpacked later on in the rest of Scripture and the workings of the church. That's what our benevolence ministry here is all about. It's an opportunity for us to see how God answers this prayer to give us our daily bread, and then we, we gather up the extra so that we can share it with those who are in need, who, who need God to provide that day food or rent or, or whatever it is to be sustained. This is about all of us. So what is our daily bread? Our daily bread is today's portion of food or sustenance for all of us. This is what we're praying for. But our daily bread is so much more than just food, isn't it? It's so much more than just food. And it's so much more than just having enough to eat. And this is where I want to encourage you. It's a fascinating character study to study the character of bread throughout Scripture. And we're going we're gonna to just tow the waters of that a little bit today. Uh, but we see bread throughout Scripture show up in many different ways. And first century disciples who were listening to Jesus teach on prayer and, and who had a Jewish background, which would have been many of them here, they would have immediately, as soon as he said, give us this day, pray in this way, you guys, ask our Father to give us this day, today, our daily bread, their minds would have gone back to the wilderness. You see thousands of years before this, and this is chronicled in Exodus chapter 16. Go back and read through this. We see, we see that their ancestors, their, their ancestors in the nation of Israel, after God released them and, and rescued them from slavery in Egypt, they wandered in the wilderness. 
And they did that for 40 years, and God sustained them, and he fed them with daily bread. They called it manna, which means, what is it? They didn't know what it was. They'd never seen it before. God provided every day something for them. And if you read Exodus 16, it's, it's a really beautiful miracle. If you're not familiar with this, God took his people into the wilderness and every morning, manna appeared on the ground all around them. Now, this is a nation of people. This is a lot of people. They, they need a lot of bread to be fed and sustained. And this, it was like wafers, and it tasted sweet like honey, and you could boil it and make cakes out of it. And it was, it was their food in the wilderness where there was no food. And what's interesting is God told them, go out and gather as much as you need. And whether people gathered a lot or whether they gathered a little, when they got back to camp and measured how much they gathered, it all measured the same. You see, daily bread is, is more than just food. God was feeding the people every day, and he had a certain purpose in the way that he fed them in the wilderness with manna, with this special bread from heaven. And Jesus talks about this. If you go back just a, a few chapters, we're in Matthew 6. If you go back to Matthew chapter 4, Jesus is being tempted in the desert. In the wilderness, just like the Israelites were. And he's, he's being approached by the devil, and he's fasted for 40 days. And after 40 days of night eating, guess what you are? You're hungry. <laughs> you might be a little angry. And Satan comes, and, and he, he is talking to Jesus in his first temptation. He says, hey, if you're the son of God, point to this stone and tell it to turn to bread, and then you can satisfy your hunger. And Jesus answers him, not, okay, yeah, I have the power, I can do that. He says, no, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And when he answered him with that, he was quoting Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3. Here that verse is. And in Deuteronomy 8, 3, God unpacks for us why he fed the people of Israel with manna in the wilderness. Look at what he says. It says, and he, the Lord, humbled you. He let you hunger, let you feel hunger, and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. You see, this, this daily bread is more than just food. It's more than just water on a parched throat. This daily bread is something deeper that comes from the heart and the mouth of God. It's almost as if God designed us to hunger so that we could have this ongoing object lesson as we hunger for food to help us remember that our daily need is not just physical, it's not just in our stomach. We need something that comes from the mouth of God. We need His Word. We need something that can speak truth into the lies that we believe day by day and that can speak truth and life into the brokenness that this world has ushered in through sin. Our daily bread is more than just food. We must turn to our Father and seek Him. Certainly, yes, for our food and daily sustenance, but all of that, God uses all of that to help us trust in Him for something more. Because deep down, bread alone can't satisfy or quench the thirst and the need that you have. Our daily need cannot be met by bread alone. 
You know, Jesus certainly wanted his disciples to grow in trusting God with something more, and he, he did the same thing with them. If you, if you continue reading in Matthew chapter 6, God tells, we learn about how God feeds the lilies of the field and the birds of the air, and Jesus is saying, hey, if, if they can trust God for that, then you can trust God for that too, and it's a teaching not to be anxious because we can trust God's provision. God is using this prayer of daily bread for something more than just food because he doesn't want us to live with anxiety. He wants us to live with trust in him. In Luke 9.3, we see Jesus sends his disciples out and it's like the first mission trip. He empowers them to do all these things, to cast out demons and to heal people. But when he sends them out, you know what he tells them? He says, don't bring any food. Don't bring any money. Don't even bring an extra cloak. Go, and, and he, he expects them to see God's provision day by day for their daily need as they are ministering and doing these incredible things that only come from the power of God. And if you continue reading that story, you see that they struggle in some of their ministry. There's people they can't heal. There's a demon they can't cast out. And it's because they hadn't learned yet to grow in trust. Jesus is training them with their, their daily needs to trust God for something more than just bread, something more than just food. So what is our daily bread? Well, it is our daily portion of food and sustenance for all of us. It's also more than just food. It's more than just food. So why does Jesus teach us to pray for our daily bread every day? Why does he teach us to pray for our daily bread every day. Why does this make the list? We know that he'll provide. We've seen it. Why is this one of these things that he wants us to continue going to him in prayer day by day by day? And I think the reason is he knows. He knows how quickly we forget, don't we? We have this tendency to forget. And so Jesus, he, he teaches us to pray for daily bread so that we never forget the source, the true source of all of our provision. And we can actually even see this in the text. You know, like I said, this is a straightforward text. But if you try to do a word study on like the six words that are here, you'll, you'll run into a snag. If you look at this, our Father, give us this day our daily bread. And if you try to really examine every one of those words and, and everybody, like we're going to nerd for a sec, so push your glasses up with me, like we're going to dive in here. If you look at that word that's used for daily, daily bread, and you look, these scriptures were originally written down in Greek, but we know that the people spoke Aramaic, which wasn't a written language at the time. That Greek word used for daily, you could study Greek till you're blue in the face. You'll only find it one other place. You'll only find it in Luke's account of Jesus teaching the Lord's Prayer. If you start looking, normally when that happens in Scripture, it's like, oh, this is a rare word in the Bible in Greek. Normally we look to all the other Greek that's out there, and there's a whole world of Greek literature, and we get an idea, okay, what does this word mean? If you look at the rest of Greek literature, guess what you'll find? Nothing. <laughs> this word is only in these two places. Our Father, give us this day our daily bread. This word for daily is one of the most unique words we find in Scripture. So how can we even figure out what it means? What is Jesus getting at here? 
Well, we know that a defining characteristic of Jesus' teaching on prayer here at the Lord's Prayer is that he's, he's using very familiar language, language that the people were all familiar with. And this is one of the things that made it different than the prayers of the Pharisees, remember, who thought they'd be heard because they're many words and they're high words and they use fancy words and they prayed in Hebrew, not the, the typical language of, that was spoken in Aramaic. And so Jesus, Jesus is teaching his people to pray in very simple terms because God can be approached very simply. We don't have to dress up our language to go to God. He's using very familiar colloquial language, so we can assume that, that whatever this word was was likely very familiar to the people's ear and tongue. And remember, they spoke in Aramaic. Here's the, the nerd part, all right? We're diving in. They spoke in Aramaic. They wrote in Greek, because Aramaic at this time was not a written language. And, and so even if this word is not common to the written Greek language, it must have been something they were familiar with. And if you look at some of the ancient Syriac languages, which is a language that's very close, it's, very, it's a sister language of Aramaic, and it was, it was spoken in a lot of these areas, and it was also written. There's an ancient second century manuscript that is a translation of the original Greek. And that word in the Syriac is, is translated, it's this very common adjective that means lasting, never ceasing, never ending, or perpetual. So it's like Jesus is saying, give us today the bread that doesn't run out. You don't need a ration ticket for the provision that God provides. He is giving from a place of abundance that can never run out. And you know the only place, the only source for the kind of provision that will never run out? Only our Creator can do that. Only God can do that. Jesus wanted us to pray for our daily bread, and he put this word, it was so unique, a lot of scholars think that, that Matthew and Luke actually like made up a Greek word that, that, that people knew to mean this Aramaic word that Jesus was speaking. He, he gave them a word that would remind them because it was so unique that would remind them that, hey, the source of God's provision, the source of this provision, it can never, ever run out. That means that today, no matter what your day faces, no matter what is in this day, no matter how much money or how little money you've got, whether you've got food on the table or not, no matter what you face today, the kind of provision that God gives you will never run dry. He always has what you need, and it's beautiful. This kind of bread, it can only come from God, and I love it. Now, we have this dangerous tendency, I think, and this is partly why I think Jesus wants us to pray this every day, we do forget the source, don't we? We start to get entitled about the things that we've worked hard for because I know some of you, some of you have worked hard in a career. Some of you have worked hard and you've risked big to establish a business or a ministry or a kind of education that allows you to do great work and, 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 and be doctors and fly airplanes and, and operate machinery and build things and design things. It's easy for us to start to take ownership of that stuff and forget the source of our provision. God has given you, he's given you the opportunities you've taken advantage of. He's given you the heart and the brain and the motivation 
education and the hands, everything you need that, that we think that we have worked to earn, God has given it to us. He doesn't want us to forget the source. That's one of the reasons that Jesus teaches us to pray for our daily bread every day. The other reason is because he wants us to grow more and more satisfied in him and him alone. He is the only source for these these needs that we have. He's the only source that will never run dry. Look at John chapter 6, 35. This is where we we dig more and more into this this character of of bread in Scripture. John 6, 35. Look, Look who the bread is. This is Jesus declaring himself himself to be the the bread. Jesus said to all these people gathered, he says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. You see, Jesus is teaching us to go to God for our daily sustenance, our daily bread. Ultimately, he wants to satisfy us with something that will leave us never hungering and never thirsting again. Only Jesus can do this. Only Jesus can do this. Both of the physical sustenance we need to survive and the deeper daily need that can only be met by our Father in Jesus. You see, he's preparing his disciples to look only to him for eternal life. He's preparing them to be satisfied with something deeper and greater, something that can only come from a Savior who has been on the cross and been in the grave and been resurrected from the grave because you and I need a resurrection life. We need a kind of life that bread could never sustain. Not even the manna in the wilderness can provide resurrection. Only Jesus can do that. We must grow more and more satisfied in him day by day. And Paul shows us in a really beautiful way what it looks like to be satisfied in the resurrection, good news, gospel power of Jesus' provision. If we look at Philippians chapter 4, 11 to 13, look what he writes. And he's talking about his physical needs here, but but he points to something deeper, something that, that this is a man who's learned to be satisfied in Christ no matter what he has. He says, not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I've learned in whatever situation I am to be content, to be satisfied. I know how to be brought low and I know how to abound. In every, any and every circumstance, I've learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger Abundance and need, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. If Jesus is where we go to be satisfied, when our physical hunger roars, when our our job has been lost and we don't know where the next meal is coming from and we go to God for our daily bread, but we go to him not just for the food that you need for lunch today, but also something deeper, something more that can only be satisfied as we go to Christ, then we, we, we get this incredible peace, this incredible satisfaction. You see, our tendency When we face poverty or abundance, we have this dangerous tendency. We tend to grow either more and more fearful and anxious if we're in poverty, or if we are living in abundance, we tend to grow more and more entitled and even selfish, and and, and we just want to hang on to it. It can never satisfy. If you look at those who amass wealth, you know, what what how's the saying go? Like, what's a billionaire want? another billion, right? 
Wealth can never satisfy. Poverty can never satisfy. Neither of them is capable of satisfying us. Only trusting in Jesus can bring satisfaction. That's the only place we can go. And, and this is why Jesus teaches us to go every day to our Heavenly Father and ask Him for daily bread. Even if you've got a bank account that's full and a fridge that's stocked, if you and I are not going to God every day for daily bread, then our hearts will never be shaped to be satisfied only in Jesus. So, I want to ask you to consider this day today. What are your needs today? Some of you today may have physical needs. Or you might really not know where lunch is coming from. Some of you have never had to worry about where that meal is, is going to come from that is on your plate every day. As you consider your needs and God's provision in your life, where are you looking to be satisfied? You see, when we pray every day, our Father, give us this day our daily bread. When we pray that prayer every day, we avoid the pitfalls of wealth that leaves us looking to something besides Jesus for satisfaction. And we avoid the pitfalls of scarcity and poverty that leave us anxious and fearful about whether there's going to be enough. My friends, our Heavenly Father invites us to Him and He's inviting us there today. That concludes LifePoint Church's podcast. For more information about our church, visit sharethelife.org.